Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by Cars.com. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. Thanks very much for joining us for our MotorWeek podcast number 17. And around our table today are two uh, road test uh, and podcast veterans. Our road test producer, Brian Robinson. Hello. And I've been describing him as our writer extraordinary, extraordinaire, Shamit Choksi, who I don't have another term for. Unfortunately, extraordinaire doesn't get me a raise in my paycheck, but that's okay. I'm very, very happy to be here. (laughs) And and we're extremely happy to be joined by our podcast producer and our chief uh, publicist, Michelle Parker. Bonjour. Bonjour. I thought I'd throw some French We're not in. testing a French car today. <laughs> now, you need to know Italian for the Chrysler uh, Fiat tie-up. Okay, coming up, we're also going to have our lightning round at the end of the podcast, and we will look into our MotorWeek mailbag. But first, I'm going to turn to Brian Robinson. Let's get things rolling. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about hybrids today. First Please. up, the Lexus HS250H Hybrid. What's so special about another Lexus Hybrid? Well, John, I'm glad you asked, because <laughs> this is is the world's first dedicated luxury hybrid. What does that mean? That means basically uh, it is Lexus's hybrid that is not based on any other vehicle and will not be a non-hybrid model. And it's uh, obviously a luxury vehicle since it's a Lexus. So this basically is Lexus's Prius. Correct. And it's not a Lexus version of a Prius, as I kind of thought going into it. It's, you know, obviously it has the same system as all the Lexus and and, uh, Toyota hybrids have, but it's got its own uh, engine, own uh, electric motors, and very unique from the uh, Prius. And and its own look. Uh, Very important. And I think that is very important, where, because that's, that could be a plus or a minus, depending on where you stand from. I mean, a lot of people, let's face it, have bought Priuses because it says, I'm green. This car will not be that obvious. So, do you think that'll hurt it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's... Uh, I think one of the best things I can say about the car is it's very non-hybrid-like. I mean, yeah. it's like a true luxury car. If it weren't for the gauges, you wouldn't even know you're, you know, you're driving a, a hybrid. Now, it's actually got the um, the motor out of the um, Camry hybrid. So, you, it's a 2.4 liter instead right. of the 1.8 that's in the Prius. So, that means less fuel economy. Uh, what did we get? Uh, well, you know, it's... It, it, you mean for the Prius? Yeah. No, for the uh, the new HS. Well, it's 35 yeah, is the combined. The combined. Yeah. Uh, right. we, you know, Versus we, 50 for the Prius. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, right. A, it's a shortfall of about 15 miles per gallon. It's always their, you know, their uh, purpose for the car is more about styling and luxury and maybe a little bit of performance more so than outright MPG dominance. Hey, 35 is not bad. Well, 35 is not bad for uh, even a compact luxury sedan, which would tend to be be in the mid-20s or even high 20s because they normally, not always, but normally would have a six-cylinder engine. So this is a four. And it's, by the way, it's what, Lexus's first four-cylinder Yeah, I was going to say that. I wasn't 100% sure if that was the case or not, but I think it is. Uh, It is. No, it it definitely is. So you you spent, you're the one that actually drove the car. Correct. Could you even tell? Tell it was a hybrid? Yeah, except for the gauge, really, that's it. I mean, it drives, it's fairly quick. I want to say, uh, you know, probably a low eight second, zero to 60. And uh, it's very entertaining. It's probably the most entertaining to drive a hybrid I've driven yet. Lexus hybrids always have a little bit of a performance edge to them, especially in straight line. Uh, but this one even uh, keeps it entertaining when the roads get curvy. It uh, stays fairly uh, flat in the corners, and they even have like a touring. Uh, 
performance type uh, package available with bigger wheels and tires to even make the handling better. Uh, would you would you go as far as, as to say like while when you're driving you actually forget that it's a hybrid? Yeah, I would I would say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's a big deal. You know, Michelle, with uh, your family. Uh, you see a lot of the hybrid vehicles that come and go here at Motor Week. Does the concept of a hybrid interest you? Yeah, I will tell you it does. Um, that seems to be all the rage, and I've been reading about them and seeing, like you said, the ones that, that we've had here. Um, and I would definitely be interested when my kids get a little older, we don't have as many strollers and that type of stuff to, mm-hmm. to stash away, um, getting back into a sedan or, as we discussed earlier, getting back into a station wagon. But this car definitely interests me as having more rooms than the Prius because right. my brother-in-law has one, and they, they are tiny. You can't really fit a family of four comfortably in there, certainly. And I do a lot of long road trips to see my family up in Connecticut. We're here in Maryland. So I would be very interested Me too. in, well, in a hybrid sedan. Yep. It is a sedan only, and you know it doesn't have the practicality of the Prius, which is the five-door. But, uh, you know. I mean, it's a midsize, right? I mean, it's no, a small it's midsize, kind of, it's between, right? between IS and ES. ES right. Just yeah. a little bit smaller than ES. Okay. Yeah, it, actually, trunk space? it actually has the same uh, wheelbase as the Prius, but it's longer. But trunk space is a good, is a good issue, and it's yeah. pretty big, right? Yeah, it's a little bit compromised with the battery pack there, but, uh, you know. You can fit the required four golf bags. In four there. golf bags, and they say, I think they said sure the, that the trunk to opening strollers. is the, the largest in the Lexus line too. Yeah, they did a lot with the ends with the you know the struts for lifting. Uh, it's really wide open. Yeah, uh, very helps. nice, nice new entry into the hybrid arena. Also, one other thing, mm-hmm. uh, just the high tech feature of it. I mean, it's got more. It's the most uh, high tech goodies of any le- uh, any Lexus. Uh, I think uh, that'll change this fall when they update some other models, but. It's got this Lexus Inform system, which is basically an OnStar-like system, but totally to the next level. I mean, uh, you can call them up and ask them for, you know, a Chinese restaurant or whatever, and they'll suggest a couple, and then they will download the directions to your nav Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You can even, uh, they have a dedicated section on their website where you can go in and put things to download to your car from your computer, stuff like that. More of a, that um, mobile concierge mm-hmm. aspect. Does it have the DVD player? Oh, the DVD for the back seat? <laughs> I don't believe I think so. that's a uh, dealer-installed <laughs> accessory. <laughs> you can get it from the dealer, I think. I'm sure. Yeah. Speaking of sedans and hybrids, for a different approach to hybrid, we turn to Shamid, and you're going to tell us about the Mercedes-Benz S400 hybrid. Yes, yeah, very, very different from flagship we car. About. Flagship car, but it's you know we're talking about a hundred thousand dollar hybrid, which is a little bit oxymoronic. Well, they do have them at Lexus too. Y- uh, yeah, um, but well, this it, is this it, is more of a mild hybrid. right? It is a mild hybrid. There's a couple of significant things about this. First of all, it's Mercedes-Benz's first hybrid. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it is the first first mass-produced car in the world with a lithium-ion battery, which is kind of a big deal. We've been talking about lithium-ions for mm-hmm. a number of years now. So um, I drove this thing out on in Germany on the Autobahn. Um, it, you know, no matter what anybody says, and I heard a lot of uh, a lot of people complaining that it's not, you know, it lacks the power of the S-Class. Of course it does. It's a hybrid, but it's still... It, it's great. I mean, it it has almost 300 horsepower. It moves like, uh, to me, it moves like a freight train, and it still gives you 30 miles to the gallon. They're complaining because it doesn't have as big a, uh, an engine as you know most Correct. hybrids of all. The smart hybrids have gone to smaller powertrains, letting the electric motor pick up the right. slack. You know, this is it's it's for the people that 
have the money to spend. Want, I don't think it's for people who really care about fuel economy as much as they care about appearing eco-conscious and mm-hmm. appearing socially conscious. And still, they don't want to give up luxury. This car has everything. It, it's, we were just talking about, uh, in the last podcast, we are talking about 7 Series. You know, this is Benz's big flagship. But, uh, you know, again, I mean, a car this large, uh, giving you 30 miles to the gallon, uh, you know, um, and and having all the bells and whistles, uh, there's nothing That's like pretty it. impressive. Um, on top of that, just uh, in terms of S-Class itself, it, it comes with all the, um, you know, all the luxury accoutrements. Um, there's a really, on the inside, there's a split-screen interface. Um, this has nothing to do with it being a hybrid, but this is kind of amazing. The passenger can watch a movie without the driver being able to see that movie. Uh, so it's a split That's screen. That's not very fair. No, it's not fair, but, uh, <laughs> but at least it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't think we want the drivers watching yeah, movies. Yeah, texting was a danger. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was fun to drive this thing out in Germany. I can't wait to uh, get it in so the whole staff can get a shot at this, uh, taking it out on the track and whatnot. Okay. Thanks very much. And let's turn now to our lightning round where Michelle's going to watch the clock for us. And we've got two minutes to kind of... Uh, Try and avoid the bell ringing. I'm not sure what happens if the bell does ring. I guess we just keep going on. Here is our uh, question. Uh, The Obama administration recently uh, cut funding for hydrogen technology research as it pertains to cars. This was announced by the Department of Energy. Was that a good move, and should all energy options still be on the table? Anybody got a comment? Well, just because they cut funding doesn't mean the funding you know, won't come from other sources. But I would say it's good in a way. I'm not sure that's a popular answer. But just we need to—we're working on all these different things. To me, I think we need to pick one thing and focus all our efforts on that one thing. And I think we'll get better results that way than trying multiple things and from multiple people. I don't completely agree with that. I think we do have to be looking at stuff that will bear fruit sooner, which I think is what was behind this move, because they're still going to do hydrogen research on hydrogen fuel cell research on uh, stationary generators and so forth. But, you know, I'm kind of the opinion is that we don't know what's going to work yet. I mean, hybrids are nice for now, but is that a long term solution? So I'm on the other hand, automakers like GM and Honda, they've got fleets of hybrid fuel cells rolling right now. Sure. So. Maybe it's time for this stuff to get out of the laboratory and onto the street. Well, it's it's a matter of prioritizing too. I mean, infrastructure is the biggest deal with with hydrogen, and until we can kind of figure that out, um, yeah, I, I agree with the move. I don't think we should backburn hydrogen altogether, but uh, you know, I think like Brian said, we need to focus on on certain things at the forefront and 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 move ahead that way. Because if because if you've ever driven any of the hydrogen fuel cell vehicles like uh, GM Chevy's Equinoxes or sure, the yeah. or the Honda FCXs, I mm-hmm. mean they're pretty impressive. Yeah, but you know, we've been hearing about them for years now. We've driven them for years, but I'm not, you know, they're not getting any closer to being on sale well, so cost effectiveness is Yeah. I, I think that's what it's going to come down to. No uh, no hydrogen infrastructure and the fact is they're still very expensive. Mm-hmm. And you've got hybrids out there like getting better all the time right thank you thank you thank you michelle all right i guess that means we go on to the next thing which by the way is our motor week mailbag now if you've got a question that you'd like to have us answer on a future podcast you can visit our website at www.motorweek.org 
And you can submit your question. If chosen, you will receive a free and very rare Motor Week T-shirt. It's, it's oh. lovely. So 100% free? I mean, it's we, 100, we, pay well, actually, we pay 100% for the postage. Cotton. Oh, really? <laughs> and 100% rare. <laughs> Here's our question from Scott. And I hope I get it right, Scott. Scott from Levine, Arizona. He asks, in these tough times, where are the good deals on mid-level to luxury cars like Audi, BMW, and Infiniti? And generally, I've only seen the typical deals from these companies, all the while seeing that these companies are leasing out large parking lots to stores with unsold overflow. Where, when is the dam going to break so we can get a good deal on this oversupply? Well, my humble opinion is the dam is breaking and it's one of the things is they don't want to advertise it but if you walk into a dealer or you check the dealer sites not audi usa you will find some very impressive deals and uh so it, it's like anything you know if you ask you might get it but if you don't cash ask, in hand talks uh very large cash in hand talks very large we're we're seeing while we're not seeing the five and six thousand dollars off that you can that you see advertised on some domestic and um, uh, Asian imported vehicles, and believe me, that's really only for the big trucks. Um, we are seeing three and four thousand dollars plus very favorable lease deals. One of the things that Audi, BMW, and I think Mercedes are doing also is they're saying that after you make your best deal, they'll make the first two payments, whether it's car payments or lease payments. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to advertise that uh, they're not selling as well. You know, I think it's a matter of, of status. You know, I think if you look more like Infinity and, and Lexus, like he kind of uh, hints at there, you know, the German makes have been around for a lot longer, so they kind of have a lot more of a loyal following that might still be buying cars, mm-hmm. even though, uh, you know, Infinity is re- relatively new in the luxury game, so, you know, they don't have the loyal following that might not be uh, looking for a new car. So My understanding also is there the lease money is still quite available at uh, these brands we're yeah. talking about, and most of them, many of them are leased rather than bought. Mm-hmm. So when is the best time to make a deal? End of the month. Yeah, the, traditionally it is the end of the month. They all have sales quotas they have to meet, and uh, so that is. And if you look at incentives, if you keep up with either the manufacturer websites or uh, you know, somebodylikecars.com, which has all the, the uh, incentive information listed there, uh, they get better as the month goes on. You just do a little homework, and you can actually save yourself a few grand. you got to do a lot of homework. I think you got to go in these days and have spent you know, hours on it. You're still not going to have more knowledge than the sales consultant, but you need to be uh, well on I don't know about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> as far as making the deal. <laughs> well, if you mentioned leasing, I mean, yeah. if you look, if you're not, don't need uh, brand new, you know, all these cars coming off lease, uh, all these luxury makers have tons of, you know, gently used vehicles off lease that they're looking to get rid of. And that's all, a real good point. And they all have, uh, you know, they're all warranty, you know, so you don't have to worry about the, the service yeah. end of it. Yeah, they'll usually, after a two-year or three-year lease, because most of these vehicles have a, a five-year lease, you've got a couple years' worth of the factory warranty, plus then they go through this, you know, normally the certified used car routine right. and everything's replaced. So, yeah, if you want to, you don't mind a two- or three-year-old BMW or Mercedes or Audi or uh, even Infiniti, there's some wonderful, wonderful deals mm-hmm. on those. Big, big parking lots fulls. Thanks, Scott, very much for your question.
And I guess that brings us to the end of our Motor Week podcast. Once again, I want to thank our audio engineer, Jim Bigwood, our podcast creator, Bob Mixter, and Michelle Parker. Thanks very much for producing the podcast and for being a part of our group today. And remember, check out Motor Week on Facebook, on the Facebook fan page for Motor Week, and join us. Uh, Check us out. We have videos, road test diaries, the latest on what John's doing, uh, what Brian's doing, what Shamit's doing. You won't want to miss it. You can find our road test at lots of places. We have the most recent ones on our website, but cars.com, our partner, has well over 300 of our Motor Week roadcasts. So if you're in the market for a used car and you want to see what we thought of it, uh, it's all there at cars.com. Till next time, I'm John Davis for the whole gang. Thanks for joining us here at Motor Week. You have been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by cars.com. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at motorweek.org. And watch Motor Week, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station. 